0: my Bible. Bible. Say I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say I choose to do what it says I can do. Say I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. Jesus name. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them I'm glad you're here. Amen. Amen. Well, i I got a question for you as we get rolling here this morning. You know, how how many of you guys are readers of the book? Right? You're in there studying the book. Let let me ask you a question. Do you think there's mistakes in there? Yeah. i got to tell you something. I, I have a confession to make. I think the Bible's full of mistakes. It's full of mistakes. Starts off in the first chapter in Genesis. Eve made a mistake. Followed up very quickly by Adam. He made a mistake. Then there was Cain. Remember him? He'd been in a pretty big mistake. And you go all the way through. David, dude, that was a mistake maker. Okay, you, you, get up, you get up and start reading this thing. You find out the Bible is just absolutely jam-packed full of mistake makers. And, you, you know, and you've been reading Hebrews chapter 12 every day, right? And, and so you're going through there and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... You know that great cloud of witnesses is referring to chapter eleven, which is the hall of faith, and 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 the, those people they're nothing but mistake makers. You know Abraham, the father of our faith, he was a big fat hairy liar. Okay, he's a liar. The father of your faith was a liar. You got David. Talks a lot about David. David, he was an adulterer and a murderer. You know, you just got all of these people, and every one of them were, they they just made a bunch of mistakes and. and and, and, you, and you know what? Sometimes I think that, that we get so hung up on the mistakes that we've made. The fact of the matter is, is that everybody in this room, most of us, I'll say most of us, because somebody might be in here that hasn't made a mistake yet. And if I get on you too hard, you'll think that today was your first mistake. Okay. But the reality is, the reality is, is that we're mistake makers. Right? You know, it, it's, and some of us flow in it. I mean, we're gifted, Marty. You know, it just just happens, and we we know how to do this thing. And we make a lot of mistakes, and and we start looking at the mistakes and thinking that the mistakes are going to, you know, uh, disrupt heaven. And I'm here today to tell you that the mistakes you make aren't really the issue. It's the actions you take after the mistake. It's It's if you give the mistake empowerment if you if if you position it to dictate your next decision well then yes it's 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 going to wreak havoc in your world but the reality is that as you're reading through uh you know Hebrews 12 and it says therefore let us you know look at this great cloud of witnesses that was that surrounded us and and but look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who you know who endured and made it. And he's talking about, he's talking about all those people ahead of you that were nothing but mistake makers and they, they made it. And they didn't even have everything you got and they made it. So you can make it if you look unto Jesus. And if you look unto Jesus, and I don't know that we often, you know, there's a lot of that in the Bible. Well, just, you know, look, keep your eyes on Jesus. Well, what does that mean? You know, look unto Jesus. I look to Jesus, and I and I feel like some kind of a loser. You know, because look at Him. There's the one guy that didn't make any mistakes. So what is it? Am I looking at the mistake makers, or am I looking at the guy that don't make any? And and and, and this morning, real quick, I just kind of want to. I, I want us to understand what it is we're doing when we're looking unto Jesus. When, when we look at Him, the Author and the Finisher of our faith. How does that? How does that impact our life in such a, because the impact is, is huge in, in each of our lives. And, and you know, what, what would happen is, 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 is it's, it's, it's given a picture of what would happen in the Old Testament. See, if you, uh, if you ever, before Christ, if you ever made a mistake, well, you'd go, you'd go out to the flock. And you'd find yourself a lamb, and it couldn't just be any lamb. You couldn't find the weak one, you know, or or the, you know, the, the, you know, tripod. You couldn't get the three-legged lamb, you know, and take it and, you know, for for your, for your sacrifice. You had to, you had to find, you had to, you had to find a good one. You know, you'd find a lamb. Come on, bro. Oh boy. You're my lamb today. Yeah. Okay. What what do you say? That sounds like a goat. No. What's the lamb say? No, bat, Bah. Yeah, there you go. It's like a baby cow or something. Anyways, we got it. We got it. Uh, and, and, you, and, and I'm the offerer bringing the offering. Right? And I'd show up at the priest's place, wherever the priest was at. I'd go to the priest who was in his office in those days. Come here, Todd. Be the priest. Be the priest. Todd's a great priest because he's got a knife. And... Uh, What's what's really cool is that when I'd show up, I'd take my lamb, I'm going to leave. The lamb ain't leaving. Hello? The lamb ain't going nowhere. This is the last stop for the lamb. But when I'd get to the priest, and see, everybody knew I'd made a mistake. Nobody was shocked, but everybody knew. Because I'd show up with my lamb. And the lamb's going to be sacrificed. And, and, but before the lamb could be sacrificed, the priest had to do an inspection. But the priest didn't inspect me. He inspects the lamb. The, the, the lamb... The lamb can have no blemish. I need another one? Okay, no. The, lamb, the, the lamb's got to be good. Okay, perfect. And you know what's crazy? Is that before, before the sacrifice now, I actually have to lay hands on the lamb. This is where we get our, uh, you know, our Christian terminology of impartation. And because w- w- when I would lay my hands on the lamb... And I'd get ready to, you know, to give this lamb off. Uh, All of my sin is imparted to the lamb. And all of his righteousness is imparted to me. So the offer brings the offering. And when I leave, after I leave my offering, I actually leave in better condition than I was when I came. And the reality is, is that in Hebrews, when he says, look unto Jesus, and anywhere else you're reading in the book, uh, and you hear people say, well, keep your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because it's really not about you, the mistake maker. But it's about the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb, that washes away all your mistakes. It's about the fact that you are now in Christ seated in heavenly places and all things, we're going to read it in a minute, and all things are under your feet. And the enemy, he 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 doesn't want you to, to see the Lamb, he wants you to see the mistakes. And he wants you to see that because of who you are and, and how you think and how you talk and how you act, that you've been separated from the life that Jesus came to connect you to. But you're not connected to that life because of you, you're connected to that life because of Him. Thanks, guys. Look unto Jesus. Look at Jesus. You know, Jesus was awesome. He was empowered by the Spirit of God, and he performed great miracles, right? But he didn't do any of that because his name was Jesus. He did that because one day he headed down to the River Jordan, and he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He came up out of the water, and the Spirit descended... And I love I love reading it in the message because it says and the spirit with a voice. And he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, guys, you got you got to You got to take some time now. You got to read through all of this stuff. You know, you need the references. See me. I'll get I'll get them for you. But, but read it because there, there's some there's some real meat in here. But there's a couple of points I, I want to make so I can, you know, so I can get you out of here on time. And and, and one of the points is that, uh, you know, sonship. Now, we're not talking... Remember, there's two words for son. There's two Greek words for son. There's technon, T-E-K-N-O-N. That means son by mere fact of childbirth. By by mere mere fact of birth, you're you're a son. And wios, H-U-I-O-S, which means that he's a child that manifests the characteristics of his father. It's easier to put it this way. Technon, immature. Wios, mature. And in Hebrews 12, when he starts talking about, you know, hey man, you you know, have you already forgotten the fact that God's speaking to you as a son? That word son is a mature son. See, uh, we're coming to a point where where God's kind of expecting us to grow and mature and and become strong and develop understanding of his purpose, his plan, and and, uh, his will. And we're supposed to be growing right and we 're supposed we 're supposed to be getting it we 're supposed to be wrapping our heart and our mind around some real realities and and you've got to understand that sonship that, that, that mature sonship is entered into when there 's relationship between you and the spirit the holy Spirit see and the enemy wants you to be all freaked out by the holy Spirit wants you to be afraid of it why because he doesn 't want you to get mature you know in acts one eight it says uh and they, and they received power. After that, the Holy Ghost had come upon them. They received power. The ability to produce results. After the Holy Ghost had come upon them, they received power. Uh, it does not say that, that they received tambourines. You know, after the Holy Ghost had come upon them, they, they received streamers. No, that's not what it says. They, they received goosebumps. No, all of those things. That, you know, and, and you might really be into them, but it doesn't do any good until there's power. The ability to produce results. Hello? The ability to produce results. And and you know the other thing that that happened with the Spirit. Again, when, when the Spirit descended, it came with a voice. And I really believe that the voice of God begins to be heard and discernible when there's relationship with the Spirit. I know a lot of people say, "Well, God doesn't, you know, God doesn't talk to me." You gotta, you gotta get in the spirit. See, you 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 don't want to be religious. You 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 want you want to have a relationship with God. You 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 want to be a follower of Christ. You know, we're not hoping you become a fan. I'm not just a fan of Jesus. No, I'm a follower. And there's a difference, because a, a follower of Christ knows that God's Word is alive, and, and today it's is directing my steps, and God's speaking into me, and, and His Word is true, and it's never going to fail, and it's not going to return void without accomplishing its purpose. And, and, and the more that revelation uh, you know, grows in you, the, the more difficult it becomes for the enemy to, to mess your life up with sideshow distraction. Because you've got to relate, you're have you being led by the Spirit. Remember in Romans, where it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. They, these are the mature sons. These are the weos. those that are led by the Spirit. But you can't be led by the Spirit if you've you got some weird perception of what the Holy Spirit is. You can't be afraid of it. You've got to be embracing it. It's your power. Come on, guys. It's your power. You need you need the Holy Ghost. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost. You know what? How come so many of our families are are, are in chaos? And, and 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 I'm not talking about just here, guys. I've got relationships with pastors all over the country. You know, I'm part of a group that that that, that touches 5,200 churches in this state, and all over the country. Christian homes are, are, are in disarray, and, and there's chaos, and there's, there's warfare, and we got a defeated enemy who's wreaking havoc in the lives of believers. And why? Well, because we're trying to handle this without the power of the Holy Ghost in our life. And I'm telling you that if you can get the revelation and, and and build with that, connect that to the relationship that you would have with the Holy Spirit, if you would just learn to, to you know, and when I say you, let's say we, if we would just embrace this thing and walk through life hand in hand, led by the Spirit of God, then it, if that's what it means when we say, you know what, we just don't care what's going on, it doesn't matter. See, it's it's not that we don't care that, you know, somebody died or we don't care that somebody's ill or we don't, you know, many people don't care. No, it doesn't impact. It doesn't change the, the end point, the end result. Why? Because we know God's word is true. All things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. And what the enemy intended for evil, God turns it and uses it for good. But because we don't have a relationship like we should with the Holy Spirit, things happen and we blame God. You know, we, we experience the loss of a loved one, and we can't figure out why God would take, you know, grandma, or why God killed. God didn't kill anybody. The, you know, John ten ten, the thief cometh to kill, to steal, destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. God's not the taker of life. He's the giver of life. But because our relationship's so weak, we're easily confused. We switch, don't we? Oh, you know, one, I mean, think about it. You know, one day, I, do you love, oh, I, I love God. And something doesn't go your way the next day, and you're mad at God. Well, if the enemy, if he's got any, you know, intelligence at all, he sees your weak spot, and now he's coming. Because he can turn you against the only source of hope you have. Look, the only hope society has is Jesus. It's the only hope. But if he can get you upset and, and get you blaming stuff on God, Mark four twenty four, Mark four twenty four, we know this scripture, don't we? It says, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. Be careful. Give care to what you hear. Be care- Why? Because the way you, the way you handle what you hear, that word here means to understand. It does not mean listen. It means to, to understand, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use. It'll be measured back to you, uh, uh, the Amplified Bible says the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. The, the level of thought and study you give, in other words, you gotta you you gotta you gotta press in to the Word of God, and you gotta get an understanding of the Word of God, and you gotta you know, and it's not what you think you, you know, but it's what He said. You gotta be able to see what He said. You gotta see it, man. You gotta, you you gotta, you gotta, this thing's gotta come alive in you. And it says, uh, to you who hear, or put it this way, to you who understand, more will be given. More what? Understanding. To you who understand, more understanding will be given. Why? Because you're giving thought and study to it, and all of a sudden that thing begins to grow, and you begin to get revelation and insight and understanding that you'd never had before. Look at verse 25. For whoever hath, to him more will be given. Uh, uh, King James, for whoever hath. And you know, for years I just kind of, uh, th- these verses have been part of my life for, good Lord, 20, 25 years. Uh, but I've never, uh, I've never until just, uh, week or so ago, studied the word hath, because I thought I didn't have to. (laughs) Okay, so to him who hath, that word hath means to have a middle possession of. When you begin to wrap your heart around the revelation that God's Word is going to bring, to him who hath, to him will more be given. But to him who hath not, you haven 't developed a mental possession from him, even what he has will be taken away, and that will be taken away That phrase right there that 's very strong. it says to him who does not possess mentally what he has is going to be ripped out by force now first, you know how do you take something from somebody who has nothing who, Whoever does not have, if you do not have, how do you have taken from you if you didn't have in the first place? It's not that you didn't have it. It's just you didn't have it. You, you didn't give thought and study. You didn't develop an understanding. So you didn't have it. You didn't own it. And so what you didn't possess is going to be t- ripped by force away from you. So if you don't understand God life, if you don't realize that we got more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more provision than lack, more health than than sickness. If, if you don't get that. If you don't realize you got more peace than chaos, then chaos enters into your world and chaos is going to shake you like a rag doll until there's an eradication of all peace. And you're going to lose what you didn't realize you had possession of. You're in Christ. Look to Jesus. You, you know, you, well, look at what I've done. That's really not the issue right now. You know, there, there comes a point when, when you know, man, we've got to change our ways. We got, if we're going to be led by the Spirit, we're going to begin to recognize when the flesh takes over, and we're going to make some changes there. But you, you can't change your actions under your own strength. You've got to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost. You're not, you're not good enough, strong enough, sharp enough, smart enough. On your own, you, you are not going to produce the end result that God wants for your life. It's going to be ripped from your grip unless you have a revelation. And you're not getting a revelation without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes with a voice. And when you have heard God, I'm telling you, you are not easily persuaded otherwise. Right. Well, I think healing's for everyone. Well, sickness will come and by force eradicate health from your house, from your home, from your relationships. Why? Because you, you're unsettled. You're double-minded. If we, if we can get the revelation. Man, it, 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 oh, you, you suddenly are empowered to demonstrate Satan's defeat. But not only that, you, you can get your health in order. You can get your finances in order. You can get your house in order. But it ain't going to happen because, well, we're really nice and we're going to try really hard. No, man, we need a revelation. I said we, I said we need a Revelation. You know, in in, in in Acts one, did did I give you that one? In Acts one, uh, no, one, did I give you like the first verse? No, I, I I have it here. Let let me read this to you. Actually, it's not Acts one. It's it's Acts thirteen, one. Did I give you that one? Look at that. There were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, and Barnabas and Simeon, and that was called, and Lucius and Cyrene, and you got all, okay, so you got all these guys together, right? So you got all of these leaders together. Now, look at verse 2. And as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, separate unto me. Okay, I just want you to see something here. that These guys, they're ministering, they're fasting, and the Holy Ghost said... I think a lot of times, you know, we, we just think about it this way. And God said, separate unto me. No, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me. The Holy Ghost said it. And he said, separate unto me. In other words, the ministry that, that we've been called to do is not going to be accomplished without the Holy Ghost. It ain't going to happen. I mean, we're not going to be successful in fulfilling the purpose and plan of God unless we have this relationship With the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you need the Holy Spirit. You know what? We're usually looking for something that will rescue us. You know, a lawsuit. Just got to win that lawsuit. Or a lottery. You know, we're taking a portion of our tithe and buying tickets. I've actually had people say, you know, when we win the lottery, we're going to help you build the church. Liar, liar, pants on fire. No, we really are. No, you're not, and you're not going to win. Hello? We're always looking for something to rescue us, you know, uh, superheroes. We, We would love a prayer line that if we came down and they did it right, we would walk away 35 pounds lighter. We could celebrate it, Krispy cream, on the way home. You know, we, we, want, we want all of this breakthrough, and, but we have this carnal mindset on how God should do it. And He's given us His Word. He's already told us how He's going to do it. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses. What does that mean? I don't want to go out on the street. No, your life is going to demonstrate to others the power of God. Now, I just want to ask you a question. I know this is probably kind of tough if you stop and really think about it. But, but you know, are there areas of your life that that, that just don't really give great demonstration of the power of God? Well, then that's where you need to get in the Spirit and talk to the God and, and let God talk to you by His Spirit on how you're going to change that. Because you're, you're supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, witnesses. In, what, Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And, and, you know, even even in that, you know, even in that this week, you know, I was reading that. Is, is that Acts 1-5? Is that the one that we put up a minute ago? But ye shall receive power. Everybody say, me is ye. Yeah, I'm going to get power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me. And I'll be a witness. Uh, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. And guys, always in my mind, you know, I've kind of segregated that. Okay, we're going to hit Jerusalem, that's a hometown. Judea, that's the neighboring cities. Samaria, that's kind of like the state or the nation. And, and then the uttermost parts, you know, that's way out there. But look at what it says. You'll be witnesses unto me both. You you know what that word means? That it's not sequential, but it's all at the same time. God wants to empower your life. Just think of it. Let's just make it insanely practical. That no matter where they're looking at you from, your life screams the power of God more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos. And in the middle, in the middle of what looks like a stupid, crazy storm, you're standing there. But on the inside, there's something that's going. I can't lose. Well, it looks like you're losing. Well, we don't live by that which is seen, but that which is unseen, because the things which are seen are temporal, which means it ain't gonna last for very long. You know how many times in the Bible it says it came to pass? What does that mean? It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. You're in the middle of chaos. Do you, do you realize what's going to happen on the inside of you when the revelation is birthed and you realize that no weapon formed against me can prosper? Because in the middle of this thing, I've developed a relationship and, and God, because of the Spirit, can speak to me and tell me, step left. Now, step left and the bullet goes past. Well, what if, what if it doesn't? What if, I, what if I make another mistake? You can't, you you gotta get this. You gotta understand how frustrating this is to hell. That you can't lose. That that even, even in what appears to be total failure, God uses all things together for your good. You gotta look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Yeah, they killed him. Yeah, but he rose again. What do you do with that? We nailed him to it. We, we, we shamed him. Yeah, and he shamed you three days later. Look to Jesus. You know, the enemy is always getting you to look at, look, look at your faults. And if you won't look at yours, you'll, you'll find them in somebody else you get busy noticing everybody else's mistakes you know we we were going to have little business size cards made up that says have a mistake on me we were going to hand them out except we needed a billion of them the fact, the fact is is that you know you you going to make mistakes i make mistakes and, we, and sh- well sh- well we got to be careful here we don't want to liberate people to just do whatever they want no if you're going to be led by the spirit we don't have to worry about that you 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 got to read Hebrews 12. He said, that, this is what I want you to do. Endure hardship like it's discipline. I want you to, I want you to endure the hardship like, like you're going to the gym. Like you're, like you're getting under the bar and you're pressing the weight. And, and it's heavier than it's ever been. You, you know, and your mistakes are, are like five pound plates. And you keep adding them on there. But through that, I'm going to make you strong enough so it's not a problem. I'm going to grow you. I'm going to develop you. And I'm going to show you that that when when you used to get mad and yell at your spouse because she didn't do it right. But you're going to get strong enough that now that's not going to be an issue. You're going to be able to grace her. And because you're so ungraced, you're probably going to receive some. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you what you need to do to make the right decisions. And your financial health can turn around because you'll get some self-discipline and some control because you're going to be led by the Spirit. And, and you're going to find out that you don't, you don't have to buy everybody you know something for Christmas if you've got to charge it. Hello? Some of you guys need to get a little strength and write a card and mail it to your family and say, This is it. Come on. Well, it'll be a mistake. They'll get mad at us. Not for long, because it won't be long till you have the ability to, to, to rescue them in situations and circumstances because you've made wise decisions. And none of that's easy. I, I'd submit to you that you can't even do it without the power of the Holy Spirit operating in you. Well, I don't, you know, I, just, I, I don't want to be a fanatic. I don't want to be weird. No, I just want to be powerful. I just want to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And I'm going to tell you something. The only demonstration I can produce without the Spirit is my own. Why? Because I'm a mistake maker. I make mistakes. I make mistakes in, in, in my relationship with Shelby. I make mistakes in my relationship with the boys. I make mistakes in the relationship with the leaders. I make mistakes in relationship with the church. I make mistakes. I make mistakes. But if I can get my eyes on Jesus and realize that he's already covered me, he has blessed me, he has chosen me, he has predestined me. Let's read Ephesians 1 real quick. Let's just kind of scoot through, through that and, and then I'm done. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Past tense. Hath blessed us. Who has blessed us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as he hath chosen us. Oh, somebody say, I'm chosen. Man, I'm, I'm not only blessed. I'm not only positioned to win and succeed. I'm chosen. I'm, I'm chosen before the foundation of the world. He chose me. I'm blessed, I'm chosen look at verse five, having predestinated us into the adoption of the church. I'm blessed, I'm chosen, I'm predestinated. And I'll tell you what, I got some stuff going for me. I said, I've got some stuff going for me, and it's not my charming personality. I've got some stuff going for me. Here's what I know. Here's here's what I want to share with you this morning. Uh, Let me tell you what I know. I know that no matter what happens between now and the end, one day I'm going to stand at the end, and the vision that God's birthed in my heart, I'm going to be living it. Well, what, what, what if there's warfare? I don't care. What if things don't really go the way? I don't care. What if the doctor says, I don't care. There are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe to you how much I don't care. Because I'm blessed. I'm chosen. I'm predestinated. And I'm going to develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit so that the voice of God can speak into my life. I'm not only going to listen, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do my best to stop the mistakes, but I'm not going to allow the mistakes to stop me. I'm going to look at Jesus. And I'm going to realize that surrounded by a cloud of mistake makers that proved that it wasn't on them, that it was about him. Never be defeated again. I'm telling you, you don't ever you, you should never be defeated again. You, you can be educated. You can be educated about your mistake, but your mistake does not define you. What you do after you're the education, that's what defines you. Nope, going on. Gonna be led by the spirit. And when I make mistakes, I realize you know what you know what I'm realizing? Is that when I make mistakes, it's just it's kinda of, it's it's kinda of like a signpost that says, You know what, you need to press into the spirit a little bit. You're getting out there, you're getting out there in Tom Land. And you probably ought to wander on back over here to God land. You you ought to be led by the spirit. you so be a mature son. You know the the boys as they were growing up. You know it was always you know they're just kids. You know we've got kids, we've raised kids, and our kids want you know they want their stuff. And they don't understand you know and and they don't care. They just want their stuff. But as they as they mature, they've got to understand that oh there's have there, got to shift. It's not a, it's not all about me. It's not about what I want and when I want it and how I want it. No no we got to shift. We got to grow. And that's what God's wanting to do in our lives, is he's wanting to grow us up so that we can become mature sons. Because there's, a, there's an inheritance that belongs to us, but it's his spirit that's going to lead us and guide us into that collision with his purpose and his plan. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you today that you are opening our eyes. You are enlightening the eyes of our understanding, that we might know the hope of the calling. That we would understand, see, recognize, perceive the mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. That God, that we 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 need to know that it's not just it's not just God with us; it's God in us. That we've got you, and you're not going to be defeated. That even as He is, so are we in this world. That Lord, that we would live and demonstrate a clear picture of a victorious Jesus Father we just thank you that you are giving us revelation understanding today while heads are bowed and eyes are closed I want to ask one more question we're going to pray together before we go and if you're here today and you know that your relationship with God needs to be birthed for some of us maybe it needs to be restarted for some of us we just need to get one we're going to pray a prayer we're not going to do anything to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. But I, but, I, but I want you to do me a favor. If it's you and you say, you know what? I need God in my life. I, I want to get real with God so God can get real with me. If that's you, while no one's looking around, just hold your hand up real quick. Say, that's me, Tom. Tom, I need God in my life. I, I, I want my relationship with God to be restored, to be, to be rebirthed. Or to, I, I'm ready to launch. I need God in my life. Are you here? Just real quick, lift your hand up. We're going to pray together. Thank you, sir. You can put it down. Anybody else? That's awesome. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. I want God in my life. I want it to be real. I want power. I want the power of God. I want to have a head-on collision with destiny. I'm ready for God, man. Anybody else? We're going to pray. Everybody, would you just pray this with me? Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day. Thank you for saving me and setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.